the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing an awesome message with you that I hope is being a blessing to you. That's called being imitators of Christ. God gave an admonition and an invitation to all of his children. The admonition and invitation given to all of God's children after being born again is to be imitators of God and to live our lives just like Jesus did. Since our being imitators of God is God's plan for me and you, then being imitators of God ought to be our plan for ourselves too. And being imitators of Christ is how we do what God wants us to do. We ought to purpose within ourselves to do everything we can do to be imitators of Christ like the Father wants us to do. Each and every one of us who are born again ought to purpose in ourselves that our lives will represent and demonstrate everything that God wants our lives to represent and demonstrate so that we can demonstrate to everybody in this world that it's the life lived in Christ that's the life that should be lived out by every man, boy, woman, and girl. So that that can happen, God told us what needs to happen. We need to live our lives being imitators of Christ. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called being imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. How y'all doing today? So am I. Same Lord, same faith. Same results. Praise God. Y'all a good-looking congregation. Praise God. Amen. Y'all a good-looking congregation. Y'all don't know that helps a preacher. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Y'all tender on the eyes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Allow me to be able to help you realize all that God's got in store for you. So come on, have an idiot here. What the Lord's about to say to you, and I'm telling you, you're about to be blessed in Jesus' name. If you got your Bible, which I invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Come on, let's get ready for a word that's going to be all the way live. It's going to be able to help you to step into the fullness of everything that God has in store for you, living out this thing the way that God planned for you. We're going to learn to live it out the way God planned for me and you, walking forward as the people that God wants us to be doing what he wants us to do like he wants us to. We're going to continue in the teaching that we started just a little while back. It's called Being Imitators of Christ. Being Imitators of Christ. That's God's desire for me and you. I'm talking about each and every one of us that are born again. His intention for us is to be imitators of him. That's God's plan for me and you. So we ought to live out God's plan for our lives too, doing what he wants us to do as imitators like he wants us to do. I'm going to give you, we're going to read a, uh, the foundational text of this teaching, do a short review. Then we'll move forward into today's installment of what God has in store for you. And my hope is that you got to need to hear what he's going to say to you because you're going to learn a little bit more about how to be an imitator of Christ. And, 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 and it's going to bless you in Jesus' name, especially since we've been singing that he's Lord of all. Praise God. Well, let's find out how to let him be Lord in our lives like he wants us to be. Ephesians chapter 5, we'll start reading in verse 1. It says, Be therefore followers of God as dear children, 
and walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smell and savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become of saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with, with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God unto upon the children of his obedience. Be not therefore ye parkered, be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. You know, he's talking to his church right now. Ephesians is written to the church. And God's talking to his church right now. He wasn't just talking to that church. He's talking to this church. That's why he got it in the scriptures for me and you. The Holy Writ so we can write, read it, and know what we ought to do. And God's talking to us just like he was talking to them too. And he says, look, I want you to wake up. Wake up. Because the church of the living God has been asleep long too long. Way too long. We're laying back oblivious to what's going on around us because that's what you do when you sleep. You're not alert or awake to the things that are going on around you. Saddest part about it is the church is asleep with their eyes wide open and walking around, not stepping into the things that God has in store for them, nor doing what God wants them to do the way that God wants them to do. But God is talking to his church right now. Wake up. He wants you to walk, walk circumspectly, which means order your life circumspectly, not as fools. He's talking to the church right here. Now, we already learned the biblical definition of a fool, and that is a person that says in his heart that there is no God. But we're not that. We're not the person that says in our heart there is no God. But there's also a second definition of fool. This one's called a practical fool. And that is the one that makes decisions in their lives and conduct themselves in lives as though there is no God. That one can include the Christians. And unfortunately, many of us are operating as practical fools, whereas we're walking around practically doing what we want to do, doing things outside of what God said to me and you. But God is coming to us now and saying, come on, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's time to quit acting like fools. Children. You're children of light. So walk as children of light. Begin to order your life as children of light. Why? Because there's a world out there that is darkness. He said darkness is all around us right now. And you know it's true. You can look around the world and see it's absolutely true. Gross darkness is starting to spread across this land. Gross darkness is being engulfed woman and man. And that's not what God's plan is. God intended for light to be able to manifest in this place. That's why he left us here. Praise God. That's why when we, didn't get, we got born again, he didn't translate us. He filled us with his light, lit us up, filled us with Himself, who is the light of the world, and then sent us out into this world, and we're supposed to walk as children of light. But unfortunately, the children ain't been doing that. But we've been walking like we the children of the night. But God is talking to us and saying, wake up, church. It's time for the sleeping giant to arise. 
It's time for us to stand up so the world can realize what is and what is not God, what should and should not be done, how things should be lived out, because our life is supposed to prove out who God really is and what he's all about. Our God is mighty. Our God is holy. Our God is awesome. Our God is everything in a bag of chips and a soda to wash it down. Praise God. But at the same time, many of us, a lot of us turn down the life that God wants us to live and don't live the life that God intends for us to live. God's coming to his church right now prior to his coming back to get us. And he's talking to us and he's telling his church, now it's time out for all that. It's time to wake up. It's time for you to stand up and be the people that I called you to be. It's time for you to live out a life of a person who is really free, living this thing out like I intended thee. That's what God is saying to you and me. He's telling us to stand up. See, we've been laying down. That's why Satan could be able to wear us out and eat all over us and tear us up and do what he want to do. Hallelujah. But it's time for us to stand up. Because, you know, it's hard to eat off of an upright table. It's time to stand up like you're able so that we can quit letting the devil do what he want to do in this world and begin to start living this thing out like he's supposed to. God told us to occupy till he comes. But we haven't occupied till he comes, but we've been occupied by everything else other than what God wants us to be occupied with. We walk around trying to worry about a telephone disconnect, whether we're going to get another paycheck, wondering whether we're going to get a new pair of shoes or whether we're going to go out and hear a concert of the blues. Wondering whether God's going to work it out. No, see, you're supposed to, that ain't our life. We're not supposed to be walking around trying to live the life that everybody else lived. We're supposed to live out the one that God did give. And he told us to be imitators of him as dear children and walk in love even as he walked in love. Not just a love for him, but a love for others too. Because this is both a demonstration of our love for him and others too when we live this thing out like God planned for me and you. Because if we love folk, we'll live out the life that God wants us to live out. If we love God, we'll live out the life that he gives out. If we love people and we love God, we'll do exactly what he wants us to do. And we'll do it with a smile, partner, while we're doing what God wants us to do. This ain't nothing we're obligated to do, required to do, or nothing that we got to worry about. Something bad happening to me and you if we do it. No, this isn't about me and you. This is about God and other people. He wants us to live it out like we're supposed to do. And walk in love as Christ also loved us. He did it, so he tells us to be followers of him. We found out that the word followers means imitators, which means we're supposed to imitate Christ. We're supposed to do what he does, act like he acts, conduct ourselves the way he conducts ourselves, in, in both in action as well as behavior. We're supposed to mimic him, which found out that means to imitate or copy in action or speech, which means we ain't supposed to walk, just supposed to walk like him, we're supposed to talk like him. And we ain't supposed to just talk like him, we're supposed to walk like him. It's not an either or, it's both. We're supposed to live this out because remember, we were created in the image and likeness of God. Image means resemblance. Likeness means mannerisms, which means we conduct ourselves like he does, too, because that's how the world's going to see who God really is, because he's going to see it through me and you. That when we live this thing out like we're supposed to, then the world's going to come running to me and you to find out what must they do to be saved so that they can live like me and you. But the reason why they ain't running to us is because we run into them and living like them rather than living like God wants us to do. But God's coming to his church right now and saying, wake up. It's not what I got planned for you. I need you to be imitators of Christ. We found out Christ is our example. His purpose was twofold. And fold number one, praise God, was to save me and you, to be able to pay the price for our sin and deliver me and you from that sin that we want to live in. But then the second part of it is to be our example too, because he is our elder brother. We found out he's the firstborn of many brethren. We're the many brethren of which he was the firstborn which means we're supposed to mimic our brother and act like our brother and conduct ourselves like him. But a lot of us haven't been doing that. We've been trying to be like everybody else. We've been looking on the video to see how we're supposed to act. That's why we're backing it up and dropping it like it's real hot, praise God, because we've been seeing it on the video. 
We've been, we've been trying to do what do we see the world do? Trying to follow your favorite uh, movie star, you know, who flat out don't do what God do. Praise God. We're trying to act like the people that we see on our videos and our songs that we sing and sports stars. Praise God. The only thing they can do right is put a ball in a hoop or catch a ball. That's all they can do right because everything else that they do is wrong. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then if we follow them, we wrong. But God says, no, I want you to be like me. We found out that the ultimate aim in a Christian's life is to display Christ likeness. That's what we do. It ain't about to get a new car and be able to drive far, take selfies of yourself and then post it on your wall. Praise God. That's not what that's not all that God's got in store for me and you. Ain't nothing wrong with getting a new car. Ain't nothing wrong with driving far. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying to you. But that's not our primary purpose in life It's to be Christ like. Our job ain't to be able to get ourselves a boo and be able to hang out with them and do what they want to do. And, and all that. No, 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 no. It's to be able to get prepared, to be able to live this thing out like God wants us to do. That's his primary purpose for me and you. And because of that, we're supposed to deny all ungodliness and live godly in this world. We're supposed to deny all ungodliness and live godly in this world. That's what God wants us to do. That's why he gives us his word, his law, his teachings, his doctrines, so we can learn what to do. Because we were all delivered from something. And because we were delivered into something that we had never been into, we didn't know what to do. But he gave us his law because we found that the law of God is true. That according to the word, we operate our lives and do what we're supposed to do and live according to the word that God gives to me and you. We found out it'll anchor our minds, anchor our souls, and be able to make sure we don't refashion ourselves again according to our former lusts, but begin to start moving forward because it's in God we trust. That we no longer fall victim to the trickery, the chicanery, and the lies of the devil getting, him, getting us to do what we used to do. But we can now walk right in our lives according to the right that's in the word that God gives to me and you. Last time we got together, we found out as, as God's dear children, we're to keep ourselves from evil. We're to keep ourselves from evil. We're to guard ourselves from injury and loss. Because we found out every time that we do evil, that's what we open the door to is both injury or loss. Praise God. But we don't want that. We want to live like God wants us to do. That's why we operate according to the word, which is true. We found out that Jesus is the true vine, which means everything else is a false vine. Jesus is the true vine. And that's the one that we're now plugged into. And because we're plugged into him, the fruit that comes from him flows through me and you. And we get a chance to be fruitful and live a fruitful life like God wants us to do. Praise God. But we found out that as that, as that branch that's on that vine, that he cleanses us. We found out that that is to clean us, to purify us. And the way he does it with the washing of the water of the word of God. So he can get all those bugs off of me and you and get all those wrong thoughts off of me and you so that they can fall away and quit eating that and causing us to be able to produce less than we're supposed to produce. It's that spoken word of God that he uses to cleanse us, to make us translucent, to be able to clear our lives, clear our minds and restore us back to innocence like we were supposed to be. And it's the truth that does that for you and me. But we found out that this thing got to be engrafted into your heart for this to be able to happen. It's got to be engrafted into our heart. It's got to be rooted. It's got to be implanted into our heart. Because once that is, it'll give us the power to be able to make the right decisions and act like we really is and conduct ourselves like we're supposed to so that we can live out a right religion in our life like God wants us to do. God wants us to live out a right religion. Oh, yes, he do. Turn over to James chapter 1. We'll dive in there and then give, give you today's stuff that God's got for you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Listen to what he's going to say to you. I'm telling you, it's going to be a tremendous blessing to you. If you got any to hear what the Lord say to you. If not, well, it's always good to see you in church. Praise God. Amen. James chapter one. Of course, this is written by James, who was Jesus's half brother. 
that became his all the way brother. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus became his all the way brother. Hallelujah. Because uh, James became his all the way brother. He was also the pastor of the first church. Praise God. And of course, he wrote letter, this letter to the first church to be able to teach the first church how to live their lives and do what they do and conduct themselves like they're supposed to. And of course, God wanted us to be able to know about it too. That's why he got it written in scripture for me and you. Because he only wanted them to know about it, he wouldn't include it in scripture. But if he didn't include it in the scripture, that's because he wants us to know and understand it too. Praise God and step into what God has in store for me and you. So we can learn how to live our lives too. So that, that pastor and this pastor is going to read it to you. Come on, let's, let's share it with you. James chapter 1, verse 27. It says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Notice, pure religion and undefiled before God is this, which means God wants us to be, operate, and have religion. Praise God, he wants us to have a religion. Now, I know, I know, I know people have been teaching in the church and saying, even in the midst of the church, foolish things that are not true, you know, things like that, stuff like, well, I don't want to be religious. Well, God wants you to be religious. Praise God. In fact, God intends for you to be religious. Praise God, buddy, what you want to have is pure religion. Praise God. I, I, I don't have a religion. I got a relationship. Well, if you got a true relationship, you'll have a religion because a religion is your offshoot of your relationship because your religion is set by your relationship. If you don't have a good relationship, you won't have good religion. But if you've got a good relationship, you'll have good religion. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me up in here? God wants you to be religious. Don't you listen to nobody tell you that you don't want to be religious. The devil is a liar. What you want to do is be pure in your religion. You want to be pure in your religion because you want to set the religion that God wants you to have. And, and, and that's the one that God wants you to have. That word pure means clean. Praise God. God wants you to have a clean religion. God wants you to have a clean religion because otherwise that religion would be defiled. And so therefore it would not produce what it's supposed to produce. The word religion, it means a life lived in observance and adherence to a particular set of beliefs and practices. A life lived in observance and adherence to a particular set of beliefs and practices. When you got boned again, God intended you to be able to adhere your life, observe and adhere your life to particular sets of beliefs and practices. Whereas before your life was wide open, you could do anything you want to do because you was unsaved, not in God, living any other way that you comes to you. But now once you got in God, God wanted you to narrow that things down and begin to start living according to a particular set of rules, a particular set of, of, of practices, a particular set of things the way to do. That's why he said, I want you to live your life circumspect. I need you to pay attention to what you're doing. Don't just live any old kind of way like you used to be doing. Now that you're in Christ, now that you're my church, then I expect you to live like you my church and, and so that you can have pure religion. That word religion, second definition, means an expression of a person's devotion to God. The word religion also, second definition, means an expression of a person's devotion to God. That if we're devoted to God, we'll have religion. If we're devoted to God, we'll have religion. We'll have a pure religion. But if we're not devoted to God, we'll still have religion. It just won't be a pure religion because you're always a religious person because you always demonstrate your devotion to God, no matter what you do, because it'll always be an extension of your religion. God wants you to be religious. He wants you to have a pure religion, a clean religion that represents him. Well, what kind of religion will represent him? What kind of thing that we do will demonstrate that we're really locked in with God like we're supposed to? Well, there's not just one thing. There's two. He said, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Number one, to visit the fatherless and the widows. 
which means take care of other people, look out for other people, come through for other people, be a blessing unto other people. Because remember, he said in his word, praise God, that I will make you a that I will make you a blessing. That's the ultimate end of the thing is to make you a blessing. A lot of us just want to be blessed. God says, I will bless you and and I will make you a blessing. The ultimate end is to be made a blessing because God ain't just blessing you to be blessed. God's blessing you to be a blessing. And so if you got a pure religion, you'll be that blessing. Are you listening to me up in here? Because pure religion and undefiled before God is to visit the fatherless in the wilderness in their affliction. And number two, to keep himself unspotted from the world. Which means that's another way you demonstrate your devotion to God is to keep yourself unspotted from the world. That's another way that you show that you live a life that's in observance and adherence to a particular set of beliefs and practices is that you keep yourself unspotted from the world. That you don't allow yourself to get filthified, dirtified, jacked up by the world. That you don't allow yourself to get all tangled up in, caught up in the middle of this world. That you don't do that because that's a demonstration of your religion. That you have a pure religion. Because if you don't have a pure religion, you'll have a religion that tells you it don't matter what you do. But the devil is a liar. It does matter what you do. Because God wants you to stay pure. I say God wants you to stay pure and unspotted from the world. In fact, he told you to keep yourself. That word keep, once again, means to guard from loss or injury. To guard from loss or injury. That's God's intention for you. He wants you to guard yourself from loss. He wants you to guard yourself from injury. Because every time we allow ourselves to get in this world, it deteriorates our ability to step into the fullness of what God has in store for me and you. It reduces how much it is that we'll have opportunity to receive as a result of what we do. Are you listening to me up in here? Hallelujah. I could have hired you and had intention to promote you and do great things with you. But if you keep not showing up like you're supposed to, keep not doing what it is you're supposed to do, won't be long that you're going to be through. But it wasn't going to be because I didn't extend it to you, called grace. It isn't because I didn't extend it to you, called grace. But it's because you didn't do what you're supposed to do, called obedience. Are you listening to me up in here? Because your disobedience can nullify the grace of the manifest in your life like you're supposed to. Which means that's why you don't frustrate the grace by doing outside of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to live up to what God intends for you. Are you listening to me up in here? God intends you to keep yourself unspotted from the world, to protect yourself from injury and protect yourself from loss. Because when you don't do what you're supposed to do, it can injure you and it can cause loss to manifest in you. Is anybody hearing me up in here? I said, is anybody hearing me up in here? God wants you to keep yourself from being unspotted from the world. That word unspotted means unblemished. That's both physically and morally unblemished that is both physically and morally well that's all that we have time for today we trust that you are blessed with what the word of God had to say I hope that you're learning that God really does desire for you and me to be imitators of him I hope that you're seeing that this door of opportunity to be like him that God is open for me and you is a door of opportunity that should definitely be walked through by me and you a door of opportunity that we'll be glad we walk through when we do being more and more like the God who loves and saved me and you. I don't know about you, but I plan to be as much like him as I can be. I hope you make the same decision to do the same like me. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center. 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. 
So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon. Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. And to all the ladies in San Antonio and surrounding areas, we invite all of you to come out to the Blessed Women of God Breakfast Fellowship this Saturday morning. It's an all-you-can-eat breakfast at the Brothers from Word of Faith. Prepare for the Sisters of Word of Faith. That's the best breakfast in town. It's one of my sisters that you don't want to turn down. Then after we feed you naturally, we're going to feed you spiritually too. With a powerful word from God, straight from heaven, just for the sisters. That's including you. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. It starts at 9.30 a.m. sharp and it ends at 12 noon. Don't be late. That's if you want to play. Child care is provided at no charge. Need a ride? VIP transportation service is available for this too. Don't miss this awesome opportunity to allow the brothers of Word of Faith to treat you like the queens you are. By preparing for you and serving you a breakfast fit for the royalty you are. So come on through. And bring a couple sisters with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did. And they will too. So come on through and let the brothers of Word of Faith be a blessing to you at the Blessed Woman of God Breakups Fellowship this Saturday morning at Word of Faith SA. I guarantee that you'll be blessed. We at Word of Faith are also having a special service this Sunday that we invite all of you to. That's called Each One Bring One. It's where everybody in the church brings at least one person to church with them to experience and enjoy a service at Word of Faith SA. Now, I think everybody ought to experience a service at Word of Faith SA at least once. It's an experience that I don't think that anybody in San Antonio should miss. There'll be a special reception that follows each of the services in honor of your coming, where we're going to bless you naturally after blessing you spiritually. There'll be a cornucopia of culinary delights for your gastronomic enjoyment. That means that there's going to be a lot of food all over the place for you, our guests, to enjoy. So I invite everybody in our listening audience to be my one at the Each One Bring One this Sunday at either the 8 o'clock or the 11 o'clock service. Come on through and let us at Word of Faith be a blessing to you. And make sure that you introduce yourself to me after the service or at the reception and tell me that you're my one at the Each One Bring One. I'll be honored to meet you and to greet you. So please, please, please come on through and be my one at the Each One Bring One. Don't forget to tune into our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.